When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's kick some things in the bin then, shall we? Hello and welcome to episode 6 of this season's Real Football Cast. And more importantly, it's our 50th episode. Yes, we've reached the half century. As always, I'm your host, Dan Tracy, and in the next 60 minutes, we're going to be doing something slightly different this week. With it being the international break, it's time to revert to our tried and tested format of Kicked in the Bin. And that means two more guests will have the opportunity to serve up their biggest pet hates in football. First up, and looking to bin some items all the way to football hell, is Phil Barron. Phil, I believe it's your first time on the Real Football Cast, so it's a pleasure to have you on board. And how have you been, my friend? I've been good. Been a fellow Spurs supporter, we have our ups and downs, so we have to take the rough with the smooth, don't we? We do indeed, yes. It's more sort of rough than smooth at the moment, but yes, I know exactly what you mean, Phil. And also, getting a debut cap tonight, and keen to offer up his football pet hates, is David Black, who runs the excellent at CM9798 Twitter account, amongst a number of other things. So, David, thanks for agreeing to come on board, and I hope you are also looking forward to the show. Yeah, very pleased to be here on a... On a momentous night for, you, for the podcast, so thanks for having us. Yeah, I guess it is, actually. There's no sort of cake or celebrations that, apart from this. But yes, we've hit a landmark, so yeah, it's the next 50, I guess. Anyway, I digress. So, I best do some social media bits first, otherwise we'll be talking to the abyss once more. So first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at StanTracy1983. And also, the podcast has its own account, which is at RealFootballPod. So, as always, follow either or any sort of bits you want to get involved in the show or any sort of questions, comments, that sort of thing, send them my way. You can find me via iTunes by searching for Real Football Cast. If you use that platform, then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you also um, guess on a sort of fan of Apple, you can go to SoundCloud and Acast. Well, the easiest way to find all the links is by going to realfootballcast.com. As you should know by now, the Real Football Cast is sponsored by Loserpool. And what is Loserpool, I hear you ask? It's the company behind the game, Last Man Standing. One which is free to enter, and a new prize pool starts this week, which once again stands at £1,000. Now, if this has grabbed your interest, be sure to visit loserpool.com and create an account. The odds of winning are great, but they're even better if you sign up. Right then, it's time to go live. And where should we go first? Phil, quite simply, you get the first effort on goal. So what is the first thing you would like to see kicked in the bin? Scarves with both teams. Absolute farce. Whoever invented them 
they should take a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror. There is no place for football for things like that, I'm afraid. So you're putting... Can you imagine up- going, going to a Spurs-Arsenal game wearing one of them? Phew, Yes, no chance. Unfortunately, the uh, the half and half scarf has become something of a blight in the one day game. I certainly uh, can back that statement up. Dave, anything to add to that point? Are you a fan of the half and half scarf? Is it something you'd wear? I mean, what's your team for starters? Who do you support? Uh, so I'm, I'm Newcastle. Uh, so obviously, don't really. I would never wear a you know a Newcastle Sunderland half scarf. That, that wouldn't happen. Um, Generally, I don't like them, but I could kind of see the selling point if it was uh, like an FA Cup game and it was, you know, non-league Rovers against Manchester United and they'd want something from the day, maybe, but that's as far as I could possibly go for it. Yes, I mean, from a sort of, I guess, like, what's the sort of, like a nostalgia piece or something like that, or you want some sort of memory, then there is a, some sort of tangible reason as to why you might buy one. But at the same time, a programme is just... A sort of a viable piece of nostalgia, probably less sort of um, of a blight on the game at the moment. So <laughs> I think Phil, that's quite a good starter. I think we're off the mark. I would quite happily put half and half scarfs in the bin. So yes, you're off to winning there. I totally agree. And yes, you're one nil up. So good start, Phil. Dave, over to you. What's your first thing that you would like to see kicked in the bin? Yeah, uh, well, it's. The main thing that's come to my mind at the minute, and it's quite relevant because of Michael Owen's uh, new book, or Things Michael Owen Hates, as it's also called. Um, but I can't stand any arguments about what constitutes a big club. Now, as long as you've heard Michael Owen's comments, but he's mentioned he doesn't think Newcastle are a big club, and you know we could sit here all night debating if he is or he isn't. But, of course, it's not just ex-pros who say these sort of things. Fans, you probably know as Spurs fans, you've probably had it bashed over your head by Arsenal fans that you're not a big club because you haven't won the league or you haven't done this, or you haven't done that. And it's all a nonsense. Like, there's never ever been an argument that's gone on like this where it's ended with either side saying, you know what, you are right, you are not a big club or you are a big club. Like, it, it's, just, it's just a pointless argument. And they rear their heads all the time. It's a very good point. So, Phil, obviously, you are a fan of a big club like myself. Therefore, do you sort of buy into this argument? Because if we take it from a Tottenham slant, it's always, well, what have you won? Where's your Premier League trophy? You know, if you're sort of having jip with an Arsenal fan or I guess any other fan of the, the big six, you could add Liverpool in their Champions League trophy. It is a bit of a an annoying uh, thing for them to sort of keep bringing up, but I guess it is still correct and it almost sort of then flattens any Tottenham fan's argument. So is it something that you sort of buy into or what's your sort of stance on Dave's point? I, I get where it, the, when people say about big club, but at the end of the day, any club that goes for a big a final or a playoff is potentially a big club. I can give you an example. I used to live in Northampton, and when they went to the playoffs in '97, they took 47,000 fans to that game. Now, to me, that's a that's a massive turnout for a, a playoff um, final. So, would that constitute being a big club? I know they only get like 4,000 now regular at games. But if the support is still there, it might not necessarily that they go and watch the club. Um, the argument, what is a big club and what isn't a big club, you could you could go on about it forever, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sick of it saying, oh, you've never won the league. Yeah, then who won the cup? You could go back. You could It could be a never-ending argument, basically, something like that. 
Yes, it is an everyday argument, really, because it's like, where do you draw the line in terms of sort of history? You know, you sort of Manchester United, of course, they're you know a massive club, but they've not really won much in you know the last sort of six, seven years in terms of league trophies and all that. So you're sort of thinking, how far can you keep going back to history? Nottingham Forest, another example. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, they're a massive club, but since then, history has consigned them to exactly that. So it's a difficult one, really. And I think, to be honest, without the big club argument, Twitter for right or for wrong, would have less things to argue about. Now, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But I think in, in this instance, for the pure sort of fact that we need football debate, whether it's good or not, I'm going to leave this one out of the bin because I think this is always going to be one of those sort of ongoing arguments which is always sort of ebbing and flowing depending on the status of your club at that time. So unfortunately, Dave, this one's just clicked the post and bounced out. You're not going to get this one in the bin. Ah, uh, never mind. Next don't, time. Yep, don't worry. You've got four more picks each, so there's still plenty of uh, opportunities to do so. Okay, Phil, it's over to you now. What's your second thing that you would like to see kicked in the bin? When players kick a ball out of play to get attention for an injured player from the opposite team. I know people say it's sporting, but how many times have you seen players go down knowing full well that their defence is in trouble or the team's on the back foot and someone kicks it out of play? Why? Why do you fall for the tricks every time? Spurs have fell for it. Barcelona fell fall for it. Liverpool fall for it. It should. You just get on with it. Crawl off the pitch and die. Just carry on. Blimey! So not pulling your punches there. So, David, uh, what's your take on Phil's uh, quite uh, robust um, suggestion? Shall we say that he wants players to just die? Um... <laughs> I mean, I, I do hear it as a, as a thing where teams put the ball to play especially when I mean the, the directive is if it's a head injury the referee will stop the game if it's not a head injury um, you know the game should go on and to be honest I, mean, I don't like sticking for, for the rugby boys but I think I've actually got it right where the physio comes on if the ball's nowhere near where he's down injured um, would that really make things any worse if someone's down and then the counter-attack starts if the physio can just come on anyway like what, what's and then you know if, if the possession turns over again then maybe stop the play then but um, no it, it, it's, it's funny how it always happens as you say, when there's a counter-attack or in the last couple of minutes of a game when trying to waste some time. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, I guess, gamesmanship really, isn't it? It's brought out at the right times and it's, it's something you don't really want to see in the game. And I think the game would be better without it. So, Phil, the hot streak continues. That one is also going to be dumped into the bin. So you're two for two. A fantastic start. Dave, can you get off the, the mark with your second pick? What would you like to see kicked in the bin? Well, this is actually quite similar, so I'll see if I can find the same corner of the net with this one. So, I can't stand um, general time wasting in football. Now, it's kind of a, a two-pointer here. So, one is when a free kick's given, if the person who's given away the free kick kicks the ball away maybe just a couple of yards, but not enough to get booked. I don't see what the difference is because he's still stopping the player restarting. Um, or if they do the Sean Dyche tactic, which seems to be give away a free kick, pick the ball up and run away with it for 10, 15 yards and then throw it back really high and floaty so it takes a little bit more time to get where it's going. And I know it's obviously to get themselves back in position to stop a quick restart, but that's really not the idea. You know, They've given away a free kick, but there's actually no real advantage to it, especially when it's stopped a quick counter-attack. So, Phil, yeah... As Dave says, pretty much in tandem with yours. So I guess if you're sort of already sort of trying to put, you know, time wasting from feigning injury in, how do you sort of oversee general time wasting? Is that another bugbear of yours? It is. It is. And with injuries, if obviously as you said earlier, 
about head injuries, that's that's a different that's a different ball game. That's got to be done. But time wasting when um, f- when your defenders literally pass it back and forward, that gets even when we're winning, the Spurs do it. That annoys me. I'd rather just carry on doing something. Um, I think he deserves a goal for that. To be fair, yeah, it's I, gone in the net. I think. Well, actually, <laughs> to be fair, Phil, you're not the boss. But you know, I can't really sort of allow injuries, time wasting, and not time wasting in general. It'd be unfair to sort of give one and not the other. So I think it's almost been a sort of pincer movement by the both of you. You've done well there. So can we check VAR? Yes, just just checking VAR, and yes, that one has been registered as kicked in the bin. So well done, Dave. You're off the mark. So just to sort of recap, wheeling away. Yep, just peeling off there. So at the moment, it's half and half scarves that are in. Big club mentality in that argument. It's just slipped wide, while the sort of double pincer movement of injuries, time wasting, that sort of feigning, and the time wasting in general has also been kicked into the bin. So we're off to a good start, chaps, together. Whether you want to sort of work in tandem for the rest of the show, I don't know. But Phil, what have you got up your sleeve for pick number three? You don't get these as much as you used to now, but half-time marriage proposals. <laughs> oh, wow. Where does this come from? <laughs> Would you like to uh, expand on that one, please? At lower league clubs, I've seen it so many times. I don't know, you, you obviously remember, I used to do sports photography and football. It is nauseating. You just know the blokes doing it and you just know the stick he's going to get as they traipse onto the pitch and a nice November... Saturday afternoon in the pouring rain she's standing there the woman thinking what the hell are you doing he gets down on one knee and just as he gets down on one knee the crowd nine times out of ten used to start chanting you don't know what you're doing to him so I've seen it so many times he's covered in mud where he's knelt down on the grass she gets a crap bunch of flowers from his club she looks like a drowned rat because she stood in the rain for ten minutes she looks the most unimpressed person in the stadium and she's clearly embarrassed they just should be stopped full stop if you're going to do it do it undercover in where the food hall is or something at least you stay dry well uh, it's a very interesting uh, suggestion not one i would have expected but you know it's a broad it's a broad church you're open to sort of suggest whatever you want dave what would you like to add to that if anything at all no i mean it's indefensible <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think you're right. It is indefensible, really. I mean, to be fair, you don't really see that at the new Tottenham Stadium. I mean, we didn't see it at Wembley over the past couple of seasons. But that said, I'm not really in a rush to see it anytime soon. So I think if we can sort of just put the kibosh on it now. So if any other gents are listening, we don't want that. It's not a thing. So please don't uh, make marriage proposals at half time, no matter where you are in the league pyramid. It's not welcome. And for that reason... It is going to be kicked in the bin. So three from three, Phil. Fantastic start. Um, we're going to have a quick half-time break, so don't go anywhere. And on the other side of the break, Dave's going to offer up his third pick. So keep them peeled. Your accumulator letting you down again. You've cashed out early. And you just can't win. Prehistoric football coupons. Nah. Have a think about it. Why not play a new way? At Loserpool, pick a loser and win a thousand pounds in a last man standing tournament. Be a loser and win at Loserpool. Enter for free now. Visit loserpool.com. 
Okay then, welcome back. I hope you're still there. I hope Dave's still there because he's got a third pick for me. So, Dave, what is it that you would like to serve up for pick number three and kicked in the bin? All right, so my next pick is um, the phrase, he knows the club, which has been used to describe Ola Solskjaer, um, Frank Lampard, Steve Bruce, and probably many others. Seemingly more recently than in the past, but uh, at the minute it seems to be a thing where just because someone has played for a club, that's going to make them a good manager. And I think we're seeing now with Solskjaer, um, after a very good start, it's kind of turned back to more or less what it was in Mourinho. It's going to say what it, like it is. Like it's not, it's not really great for them. Uh, and it's almost as if just having played for Man United is not going to make anything any better. Yeah, it's a good point, really, because it's sort of like, oh, well, by saying that phrase that you've just said, they know the club. It's almost like they've got a free hit in management. Like, oh, it's fine. They, they know the inners, the innings and the outs of how this club works. They're, they're dying the wall and all this. And it's like, well, yeah, but if they're not a good manager, they're not getting results, just because they've played for them, doesn't give them a, a free pass to sort of be sort of dross, really. So it's quite a, I guess, a poison chalice almost, or it makes a rod for your own back, do you not think, Phil? Um. Yeah, because you're open to fail, aren't you, really, when they yeah. start saying lines like that. Um, Frank Lampard, as soon as he signed, like, as, the, as manager at Chelsea fans, oh, Frank's come home and all that. As we know, within three games, it was Fat Frank sacked, was trended on Twitter. <laughs> so to say they're fickle, and just because you played at a club for X amount of years doesn't make you the right manager for that club. And again, it doesn't also, when you're a great player, doesn't turn you into a great manager. John Barnes, prime example. <laughs> in, a, in a two-horse race, he nearly killed one of the horses, didn't he, with Celtic, really, when yeah, he was manager. Absolutely. He turned them into the worst Scottish team at, in the Premier League, and he ended up getting sacked. Remember when they got beat by Livingston in the Cup? He turned a decent, well, a decent team in Scottish standards um, into an abysmal park team which takes some doing, to be fair, in a two-horse race. Yes, it does, actually. I mean, you could even argue, Phil, that Glenn Hoddle wasn't quite the messiah at Tottenham in managerial circles, was he? You know, obviously, much lauded, such a great playing career, and then he was almost set up to fail as a Tottenham manager. You know, sort of come in, everyone was just pleading that he was going to sort of take the club out the relative doldrums that they were at that time, and it never really happened, did it? No, if you're... I'm a little bit older than you, as you can probably remember. I remember people saying he's going to be the ne- next Bill Nicholson. Uh, it just never happened, did it? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> um, nowhere close, in all honesty. But thankfully, Dave, you're close and it's gone in. So that one is in the bin. So yes, knowing the club is a bit of a... Yes, I don't really like that phrase because it's just... It, it's making managers better than they are. And it's giving this, them this sort of free pass... And it's almost sort of opening the door to other jobs that they shouldn't really be getting, dare I say. But that's a, an argument for a different day. So, let's not get bogged down in that. Let's go for your fourth set of picks. And Phil, what is number four for you? What would you like to see kicked in the bin? Now, this one is a bit different. <laughs> it's newspapers, when they do the match reviews of players, and they mark them out of ten. Um, I sometimes wonder whether they've actually been to the game. I've looked at some games where they've given players seven or eight, and honestly, they've been so bad, they've been substituted, and they've still given them seven or eight out of ten. It's like they have to hit a certain criteria to keep the players happy. It's like 
it's like they've got to tickle, tick the right boxes to keep the club happy. Now, other teams I've seen where they've, they've given fours or fives, and I've been to, at the game, and I thought, I thought we'd actually play quite well. So I start to wonder whether the people that do reporting have the fantasy football teams in these things, and they're just boosting their own points. I've come to that conclusion. That's quite the conspiracy theory. Dave, do you buy into that? Or have you got a counterpoint? Uh, I mean, the problem is, like, the scale of 10 is quite it's quite small, really, in yes, the grand scheme of things for a 90-minute right. match. Um, and I've seen, I can't remember the papers now, I mean, it's been a long time since anyone really reads papers anymore, but um, there used to be one where, like, every score used to be a 5 or a 6, because no one had really played that well. And you think, well, a 5 or a 6 sounds like they've been terrible. Um, but really, it's just saying they're average. And you never really see, you know, ones or tens given out, so that's sort of diluting the scale even further. So it's a it's a very small scale to work with in the first place for me. Uh, I remember there was a story up here where um, a local journalist gave uh, Lauren Robert four out of ten, and uh, Robert actually went to Chinham, more or less. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So uh, I don't know if you watched uh, Sky's coverage a few weeks ago, but this was the the journalist who Graham Souness claimed got him sacked. So, um, you know, it can work both ways for sure. Um, I think in this one, I think ratings of papers are so subjective and more importantly, they are so dated. Dave makes a great point that you work with such a narrow base of numbers. You've got 10 numbers you can work with. And really, no one's ever going to be anything below three. You'd have to be really rotten, and no one's ever going to get a ten. So you're basically working with a range of numbers between four and nine. And it's like, well, who actually buys into this? And more importantly, you know, who even buys newspapers in this day and age? So I think because it's such a thing from a bygone era, it's even sort of not even worth going in the bin. It's almost sort of binned itself. So unfortunately, <laughs> Phil, I'm not going to allow that one. It's, you know, it's a, it's a solid sort of shout. But I think we sort of. We're almost sort of past that, and I don't think it's worth worrying about. So, unfortunately, that one's bounced off the bar. I've checked VAR, and it's no goal. So, the perfect streak has come to an end, but there's still one more in your locker. So, Dave, what have you got for number four? What would you like to see kicked in the bin? Uh, I've gone for pundits who are either unable or unwilling to learn new rules and will only speak in cliche. Um, it's, been, it's been more noteworthy than ever really this season because of uh, VAR and the new rules around that um, and I just feel like pundits have got a, a responsibility really because they are in front of huge audiences um, and like or not whatever they say generally um, will form some people's opinions because they think well you know he is a former player or you know former manager or both and he in theory knows what he's talking about some of the things we've heard uh, this season in particular have been basically uneducated um, and they haven't helped clear up how VAR is meant to have helped the game. Now, we obviously, we could sit here all night and argue whether it has or it hasn't. Um, for me, for the most part, it actually has worked pretty well, but it's some of the rules that have been changed before that have, have you know, not helped matters. Um, but the way some of the pundits have approached some of the decisions have been completely wrong, uh, and they've made it actually worse. That's a very fair point, actually. Phil, is that one you would agree with, or do you want to get yeah. on to that? Are we straight no, in there? Yes. I agree with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because I think we're in the sort of age with football now that there's so much information around at our fingertips, and you'd like to think that you know knowledge is power and rule informed as football fans. But the people at the very top, like you say, I wouldn't say it's misinformation, but actually maybe it is misinformation. They're just sort of 
they're not doing what they're paid to sort of do and actually sort of make fans smarter. And then because they sort of make these awful points, they funnel down into the sort of consciousness of your Monday football fan who then sort of spouts that. And I think, you know, dare I say football fans are getting less intelligent when they should be the reverse of that. And I think we need to sort of try and put a stop to this. And I think, you know, bad pundits should hang their heads in shame because they are actually doing themselves and the game a disservice. You know, you've got players, people like, I don't know, Chris Sutton, that's a great example. He's an absolute idiot. And I think, if Chris, if you're listening, <laughs> you're probably not, but he, I'd, he, I could have an hour episode of him as why he should be kicked in the bin. We're not going to get there just yet. But yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there, Dave. Fantastic shout. And for that reason, it's going in the bin. So bad pundits and bad information is in the bin. Right then, chaps, you've got one more each. This is your fifth penalty taker. you Cristiano Ronaldo, if you were. What have you got for me, Phil? What would you like to see finally kicked in the bin? Right, teams that wear an away kit when there's no colour clash. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because being a Spurs man, obviously, I like the white shirt and maybe shorts. I quite like the other kits, don't get me wrong. But they, when they don't clash with a home kit, for example, like when we played Stoke, uh, Man United, something like that, totally different kit, we'll still wear our away kit. Just wear the white. It, it annoys me. It makes people need to buy kits for their kids, all three kits, which we all know. You're talking about 100 quid a time with shorts and socks and all that. It's I can understand why they do it, for the money-wise. It's a rip-off. Just wear the white kit and be done with it, unless it colours clash. Good point. I mean, Dave, you're a Newcastle fan. There's not many kit clashes with black and white stripes is there so is this something that you uh, also agrees with uh, it, it annoys us because obviously I like, I like seeing my team in black and white but unfortunately the way the world is now there's so many commercial tiles where we'll have to wear a certain shirt a certain number of times to, to satisfy some sponsor somewhere we're never going to see or hear from um, and it's the same kind of like with international teams they've got this stupid rule where it's, you've got to have a light and a dark um which again, it's it's just ludicrous. Like it's you know, people say the game's gone. This is what they're talking about. Like it's 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 mad. It is mad. Yes. Um. I think. Well, the genie's already out the bottle, though. I don't know how we fix it because you know you can't sort of then go back and say actually you know let's just be sensible. I mean, I remember years ago QPR brought out a third kit and they wear hoops and I don't think anyone clashes with QPR. This is a sort of how far down the path we already are. So, for that reason, Phil, because we're so far down the path, I don't know if I can sort of get it back into the waste paper bin and kick it out. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to sort of... My hands Start the revolution now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> well, I, now. I mean, I, I personally can't kick it into the bin, but if you want to start your own revolution, then by all means, that baton is yours. Run with it and, and get things going. I mean, you are absolutely right, but I think, like I say, unfortunately, um, we're too far gone for me to sort of try and turn things around. So, unfortunately, Phil, that one's not going to be kicked in the bin. So, Dave, last up, your fifth and final pick. What would you finally like to see kicked in the bin? Well, you said to set up Ronaldo. Unfortunately, I've sent up Southgate. So this is my, my, my rubiest pick, I would say. <laughs> um, so, I've gone for uh, the video game FIFA. Uh, and the reason for this, uh, Dan, I don't know, are you, do, you, do you play any video games at all? Or is it... I mean, I used to be an absolute football manager nut, but I haven't played FIFA in a good sort of five, six years. I, f- I think it's sort of behind now that, that sort of era sort of it's long gone fair so enough please, please continue yes right so um all i ever 
see on on Twitter or on or around the, the release date of FIFA, which is coming up, so it's, it's already started in a way. Um, it's people who have FIFA rage, so they say, "Look at this horrendous glitch," and then they, they post a video of you know like the ball disappearing, and then all the comments are full of, "Oh, this is the same every year," and it's yeah, taking our money. It's like, so why do you keep buying this game that fills you with such rage? Um, when there's a perfectly good alternative in, in PES, which people, again, don't like because it doesn't have fancy music and licenses which can be downloaded in a button anyway. Um, so generally, the game of FIFA irritates me beyond all belief because it's not only a terrible game of football, but it seems to anger everyone who plays it anyway. It's a very fair shout. Is that one that you would agree with, Phil? No, because I've already perused it. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, personally, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I used to like FIFA, and I'll tell you why I've sort of fallen out of love with FIFA, is the ultimate team and all these packs, and I just don't get it. I just want to play, like, a game of football, like a simulator game of football, and I think, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it annoys me, because I think you've got all these people who, you know, rightly or wrong, you know, if they buy it, that's absolutely fine, I ain't got a problem with that. But it's these people who will, like Dave makes the point, they'll whinge and moan about things aren't changing or ratings less than it was. And it's like, if you don't like the game, buy another game. Like, stop being a sheep. Like, think for yourself. And I think if, if I were to put FIFA in the bin, people might start thinking for themselves a bit more. Like, if you love FIFA, absolutely fine. I ain't got a problem with that. But just, if you don't keep making the same mistakes every year and buying it if you don't like it, because you're just, you're just wasting money, aren't you? And then you just whinge on Twitter. And as Dave also points out, it's about now you've got everyone... Got banging on about FIFA demos and oh that player should be rated eighty nine. So I don't care. Like I know I'm thirty five, but it's just like oh enough. So yes, Dave, it may have, you may have felt it was your weakest pick, but it's actually quite a strong one because I'm putting that in the top corner. It's nestled around the rim and it's landed right in the bin. So good work, Dave. Thank you. Right, okay, that is about it then. So a whistle stop, uh, five picks each. Just need to thank my guests for their time this evening, Phil. I hope you got, well, you know, you got a decent amount of things in the bin, so I hope you sort of go home relatively happy. My bag is nearly empty. That'll, that'll do for me. And Dave, thanks ever so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you got just about what you want out of it. No, that was good fun. Thanks for having us. Not a problem. So with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is The Real Football Cast in association with Loser Paul. And until next time, goodbye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.